You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We made it to the final hour on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Thank you for your support of this program, whether it's listening, watching, the podcast, the TV show, our streaming partner Peacock, and our radio affiliates around the country, and, of course, acknowledging our great sponsors that we have on this program. Front row is here. Seton and Pauly and Fritzy is joining us via Zoom. Peacock, streaming partner, Fox Sports Radio lineup, iHeartRadio as well. We uh, have a new poll question, I believe, in the final hour. We will uh, check in with the Lakers. That situation, it got even worse after the report that Frank Vogel was coaching for his job on Monday when they beat Utah. They lost to the Indiana Pacers, and the Indiana Pacers are a terrible road team. They hadn't won since November 22nd away from home. They came in 3-17 and 17 on the road. They had lost 10 of their last 11 overall. And they come in and beat the Lakers in a game where you would think the Lakers would rally and say, hey, let's prove who we are. Now you got a 10-day road trip. Good luck to Frank Vogel. Uh, Russ was benched, by the way, in the fourth quarter. And the most telling comment that came out of the press conference last night was this one by Frank Vogel. Frank, you um, opted to go uh, with Russ on the bench at the end of the game. What were you what, 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 were, what were you looking for there? What was the thinking behind that behind that choice? Yeah, playing the guys I thought were going to win the game. Ouch. Russ wasn't there post-game. He left the building. All right, so we'll uh, talk about that coming up here. Baker Mayfield had surgery, non-throwing shoulder, and I don't know what the uh, recovery time is, but being non-throwing will certainly help that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, is it a real story or not? Does Jim want it to be a real story or not, that the Raiders are interested? I have great respect for Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, who reported Wednesday night that some inside the Michigan football program believe Harbaugh would leave Ann Arbor for Las Vegas if the Raiders offered him the job. The Raiders have not offered the job to Harbaugh or anybody else for that matter, not even the interim head coach, Rich Bisaccia. It's just kind of strange. Normally these stories get out there. um, This feels like it's almost orchestrated by Jim or his agent. Like, uh, hey, Jim might be interested in the Raiders. And this is what happens. You know, occasionally you get a phone call from an agent and they'll tell you. They're like, uh, you didn't hear it from me, but. And, you know, you, you understand that there's an agenda here. And this is Jim trying to drum up some interest, maybe. Maybe he truly wants to go back to the NFL. Maybe he wants a raise. But it feels like now there's a couple of things. If I look at this, let's look at both both sides of this with Harbaugh. Why would you stay? Well, You just beat Ohio State. You did get blown out by Georgia, but you've taken the program up now to where people think it should be. He might look at this and go, I don't know if I can keep it up here because we're not going to beat Ohio State that often. We're not going to out-recruit Ohio State. And if we do get into the Final Four or, you know, they have the playoffs extended, you know, we can't, we're not going to beat SEC teams. Now, he might think this, whether it's true or not. Well, he might think, well, of course we can beat him. But privately go, man, we have no business being on the field with Georgia or Alabama. But your family is from there. You went to school. 
your dad lives next door, your kids are in school, and I just wonder, he has more control. It's a different type of coaching responsibility. Um, but then if you go to Vegas, you, you know, you got an owner. Are you all in with that owner? Who's the GM? You got some talent. Do you want to uproot your family and leave Ann Arbor to go to Vegas? Now, maybe in the deep recesses of his ego, Jim's like, you know, I went to a Super Bowl. I'd love to do that one more time. My brother has a Super Bowl win. I'd like to have one as well. And you're going to go back to the NFL with the Raiders. Because as people will tell you who like Jim, who worked with Jim, Jim is tough. It, it's tough to, you know, be with Jim for, you know, a prolonged period of time. I'm talking about years. But this is who he is. This is his makeup. Uh, I'm sure Bill Belichick is tough. But Jim is tough. Jim, there's almost a shelf life for how long you can be around Jim and how long Jim wants to be around a certain program, whether it's college or the NFL. Could I see him coaching in the NFL again? Yeah, he's 58. I could. But I also look at this and go, he did what he said he was going to do. He's going to leave this better than he found it. Now, the ceiling might, that glass ceiling is a little bit lower than some of the other schools. But you just beat Ohio State. You did get him to a playoff. I think he could leave now. Now, keep in mind, we didn't even know if he was going to be back this last season. And he had to take a pay cut. He might say, all right, I understand it. You want to embarrass me. I didn't do my job. We weren't as good as we should. And now look at what I did. We beat Ohio State. And we got into the final four and I'm going to, I'm going to leave. You're in better hands, better position than you were when I took over from Brady hook. And he's right. But I don't, you know, trying to understand, like there was a moment where Mike Krzyzewski was going to be the Lakers head coach. And in your mind, you're going, why would you leave Duke? That's why trying to figure out, you know, somebody's mindset or their ego uh, what their goals are. Uh, hey, I've proven I can win in college. Yeah, but can you win in the NBA? I don't know if Greg Popovich goes, man, I, I proved I can win in the NBA. I'd like to prove I can win in college. John Beeline at Michigan. Hey, I want to go to the NBA. Steve Spurrier. Hey, I'd like to go. You know, Joe Paterno never left Penn State. Probably had an opportunity a couple places. Uh, Kirk Ferentz never left Iowa. You know, you have lifers, and then you have guys who just feel like it's three years here, four years here, three years here, five years there. And Jim Harbaugh strikes me as that guy. But when you have kids, your family, it's a little bit different. You know, you have your father right there, next door. But I don't know if you go, Dad, come on, we're going to retire in Vegas. You still have your kids. Uproot your family. I mean, I went through this. I didn't want to leave. My kids were in school. And I, it, it wasn't fair to them for me to go for my selfish reasons, whether it was going to be Fox or CBS. You know, I, I thought, I'm being selfish. I've asked them to be unselfish. Now I'm going to ask them to do that again. At some point, you have to be unselfish for them.
And maybe that's where Jim is. But I trust Bruce Feldman and his reporting that maybe there is something there. I just don't know what what game is being played here because it feels like there's a little bit of a game being played. Yeah, Paul. I wonder if Harbaugh and his agent think, you know, there's been a couple of years here where they talk about moving on from me and firing me. Now I'm in a position where I'm somewhat hot again and in play for coaching jobs in the NFL. That may not happen again. Don't wait to be fired someday. Yeah. You you leave Michigan is not exactly you're not Bo Schembechler or anything, but you're kind of a Michigan semi legend. You could lead there with your head held high, and you know you you get a nice NFL coaching job. If it didn't work out, he would be scooped up by the colleges again in a second. Yeah, and and those windows. If you pass now and Michigan goes eight and four next year, you're off the radar for the, the pros. Well, I'm just surprised Chicago's not interested in Jim Harbaugh. At least it doesn't appear that way. Sometimes you put it out there and then people go, oh, Jim Harbaugh might be interested in the NFL. That you might not know that until it's put out there. And then maybe you get other teams to go, you know, maybe we make a run at Harbaugh here. I I was talking to uh, one of my Big Ten sources and said, wouldn't be surprised if Jim was interested or somebody was interested in him because there's not a, a great deal of great candidates out there according to my source. And I'm thinking there are a lot of good candidates, but Harbaugh would be a great candidate. Like even Josh McDaniels with the Patriots. Like it seems like that ship has sailed. You know, you burn Indy, and is he just going to wait for Belichick to retire? We call these windows of hotness for coaches. Is that what it is? Yes, windows of hotness. The windows of hotness. Um. Oh, there was another story, uh, not a big story, but it was still a story. Bruce Arians was fined $50,000 by the NFL. And, uh, well, here is the, uh, the reporter's question and then Bruce's answer about the incident on the sidelines during the game against the Eagles. Hey, Bruce, just wanted to get this out of the way. I guess the league uh, has fined you $50,000 for your encounter there on the sideline with Andrew Adams. Um, do you plan to appeal it? Uh, do you have anything else to say about what you're trying to do there? Uh, I'll appeal it. And, uh, it ain't got nothing to do with the game, so we're good. Uh, it's a bad look by, by uh, Coach Aarons because he's trying to get his players uh, off of a pile there. There's a little bit of a scrum out there, and he smacks one of his players on the side of the helmet. Now, he was trying to get his attention to get him out of the way, but still, uh, he's going to appeal it, but we see it. I don't know what you're appealing, but to me, I had a problem with it. Didn't look good at all. For coach. Yeah, see. It's like the kind of thing your dad would do. Be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. That kind of slap is yeah. usually accompanied with, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. I, I agree with you to a point, like, but, but a $50,000 fine, he was obviously not trying to hurt anybody or had bad intentions. And he hit a guy who's wearing a helmet, not in a, you know, it, his helmet wasn't off. But He's, let's say his helmet was off. Let's say somebody was in the scrum and they had their helmet off. That'd probably be quite different. Yeah, yeah I would, I'd react differently. And what if he hit him in the shoulder pads, just pounded him to try to get his attention? I guess it's because it's in his head. I think it's hitting him up, you know, upside of the head. Like, yeah. there's a, there's something about that that we all grew up, you know, where if it didn't happen to you, you saw it happen to somebody else. You get smacked upside of the head. And there's just something about it. It just doesn't look good. And, uh, you know, Bruce can appeal it. Uh, maybe they reduce it. But he was wrong. That's all. Yeah, see. I don't have a problem with fining him. But $50,000 seems like a lot of money. Yeah. But I don't know if you hold your head coach more accountable in a situation like that. I, I don't know how you come up with these magic numbers. I, I've often wondered, does the commissioner have a, a, a one page that says, uh, if you do this, it costs you this? 
and fifty thousand dollars seemed like quite a bit of quite a bit of money for a situation like that. And I've seen coaches grab players by their face mask, and you know they're trying to shake them up. I still love when you know the, the uh, hypocrisy of coaches who want you to be disciplined, but they're not disciplined when they want you to be disciplined. Like you got to be smarter, you got to be disciplined, and they smack you, and you go, "But you're not being disciplined." <laughs> yeah, like that just cost you fifty grand. Yeah. Your lack of discipline. Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? You just did that to me. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why did you do that to me? Then I did. Ouch, that hurt. Yes, Paul. I was actually impressed that Arians was able to get over to him. He's got one Achilles. Oh, I know. And that's probably not a great Achilles either. Like it's not like his <laughs> other one's fantastic. That's how frustrated he was yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is handing out verbal bouquets for Josh Allen before their confrontation, their contest this weekend. He had this to say. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous player. Um, I actually know him a little bit off the field as well, a great dude. Um, he, they put a lot on his shoulders, and he, he, he rises, to the, rises to the occasion. I mean, he's able to run the ball. He can throw the ball. He has the arm, arm strength to throw anywhere on the football field, and he makes great decisions. So, uh, like you said, we'll probably play them a lot of times. Uh, it'll be great competition. Uh, and uh, it's definitely a great challenge for us as a, as a team to, to compete with them. That's Patrick Mahomes on Josh Allen. Todd, I did pause there for a moment because I thought you were going to do your Patrick Mahomes impersonation talking about Josh Allen. Mm, Josh Allen's really good. Mm, I think it's going to be a tough game, but ultimately, hopefully, we'll be the victors. Mm, piggy. <laughs> You're the one that suggested playing the clip. I did. You did that just to make fun of Patrick Mahomes? Pretty much. Okay. All right. Five touchdowns. Hey, can you almost throw a perfect game there? Hmm. <laughs> Will you do, okay? Oh no! <laughs> Let's say the Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. We'll be Patrick at the, Mahomes is an in studio yes. guest. Will I do that impersonation yes. to his face? Yes, I mean, of course I will. Okay, if I would do it to, to Shannon Sharp, a fellow Bronco well, love of mine, that, with his guns. That one was tough. The uh, Shannon tough. Sharp impersonation, while it is good. I made Fritzy. I was like, oh, Todd, he does a Shannon Sharp impersonation. Yes. Yeah, uh, didn't Paul do uh, Andrew Luck to Andrew Luck? Yes. Ooh, yeah. That, that, that was fantastic. That's a toughie because that was prime Andrew Luck. He wasn't retired. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Ah, flip phone. Ah. I love my flip phone. Ah. <laughs> made an appearance at the game the other night. Oh, ah. Haven't been on since, Patrick. <laughs> ah. That dopey SIU kid. Ah. Couldn't get in a stand. Ah. Patrick. <laughs> Gotta go PTA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do it in person? To Andrew Luck? Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't seem like he's going to strike out. You know, he may cut me out of the book club, but I, he, yeah, I would do it because I, I did it once. I was sweating, though, because that's awkward to an all-pro But that was on the phone that he called in. He wasn't there next to us. And, and even then I was a little sweaty. Yeah. But Fritzy says he'll do it in front of Patrick Mahomes. I vote against that. You vote against that? I just feel like I have to say that I vote against it. <laughs> I just don't want to experience that moment. I'm leaning that way. Um, I'm going to say go for it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say let's go for it. Let's roll the dice. It's not like I came up with that. There was a million gifs, skips or whatever about Kermit the Frog. I just kind of jumped on it. It's not like I could. You know what? He kind of sounds a little like Kermit the Frog. Mm, Kermit, Miss Piggy. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
How's that? Man, you don't sound good. I got a little bit of a, still a little bit of Yeah, there. you're not coming in tomorrow. Tomorrow, no good. I no. miss another meet Friday. No, you're not coming in tomorrow. Can't do it. What about Monday? You, you can come in on Monday. Maybe. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Ooh. Well, you got to test negative here. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do that. Okay. No, we got to do, we got to be smart. I know. Look, I'd love to have you in. Like to have you in. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys like this whole arrangement. Uh-huh. That's all right. Mm, do I uh, like you're not, it? You're not shooting it down. Yeah, Paul. Seat and I were talking earlier. We can't really tell the difference. You know, because we have our Baxter Fritzy during the show. And he usually doesn't say utter one word during the yeah. show. And he doesn't get up or move or do anything during the show. So the TV is there with his head there. It's like there's no difference. He still emails most of his communication with yeah, us. Yes, true. Passive even if aggressive. he's sitting right there. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten the same amount of emails from Fritzy as I would if he was next to me, and the same amount of <laughs> interpersonal uh, conversation. And when we, when I during the commercial break, I walk into the kitchen. I walk right by your monitor. I, I actually think you can see me walking by you, but you can't. So it feels it like cannot. you're you're here. But we do miss you. What's for uh, Meat Friday? Probably uh, more things that I like. I don't know. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Tune, tune in tomorrow. I have no idea. All right. All right. Let me take a break. We'll uh, check in with the Lakers coming up right after this Dan Patrick show. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have a credit card question, it's nice to have somebody answer it. Like a real person, live person, human being who actually understands your issues, works with you to resolve them. Somebody with a knack for helping others with a pulse, right? In other words, You don't need a robot. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. We call that live customer service. Emphasis on the word live. Discover, exceptionally, common sense. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This just in from our good buddy Rick Stroud, who covers Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Leonard Fournette is practicing. Ronald Jones is out of the boot and doing some work as well. Uh, let's see. Tristan Wirfs is not practicing. Ryan Jensen is. Well, that's what I care about. It's nice to have Leonard Fournette back and Ronald Jones. But uh, Ryan Jensen is practicing. But Tristan Wirfs is not. More phone calls coming up. We will bring back Paulie's impersonation of Andrew Luck to Andrew Luck. And I'll bring back my Lou Holtz impersonation oh. to Lou Holtz. Oh, no. <laughs> Those were so uncomfortable. They were awesome, though. Bill Orham covers the Lakers for the Athletic. He's been a busy guy. Um, if somebody didn't see the game last night, how would you describe how the Lakers played? Well, I think at the end of the game, I tweeted that it was a dreadful result. And, you know, it's it, it's it's really an accumulation of a lot of things. The Pacers aren't very good. They've lost 10 of their last 11 games. The Lakers had a 15-point lead in the first quarter. They got 30 points from LeBron James. And, you know, I'd say Russell Westbrook wasn't doing the things that we usually think of as being bad Russ things. He only had one turnover. He shot four of six from three. But he still ended up having a terrible night from the field. He was not finishing around the rim. And he ends the night on the bench, something we haven't seen this year with Frank Vogel, who's kind of, you know, really coaching for his job, as we reported earlier this week on kind of a night to night basis, you know, throwing the kitchen sink at the Pacers, which in this case was not playing the, the highest, the, you know, the $44 million guy. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to understand if this is fixable, Bill, because it feels like, okay, get rid of the coach. That doesn't fix effort. And a a lot of what I saw or what I see on defensively is there's no effort. Uh, So how do you fix this? Can you fix this this season? Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's what the, the front office is weighing. You know, what do you sacrifice this season in the name of you know pursuing a championship when that might already be lost with this team? And, and you know, you do see coaching changes sort of shake up a, a team psyche, give them a kickstart, you know, a kick in the butt, whatever. Um, but we've also seen the Lakers uh, play for David Fisdale this year. They went one and four with him when when Frank Vogel had COVID, and that's maybe an unfair uh, way of judging David Fisdale as a potential replacement, given all the all that was going on with replacement players. But I do think the Lakers sort of got a, a glimpse of what that might look like, and if they weren't, you know, um, you know, if they weren't really excited about that, you know, maybe that gives them pause on making a change. And you know, last the last uh, previous two years, Jason Kidd was on the bench, and that was somebody the Lakers held in really high regard. Somebody who, um, if not for some of the baggage, might have been a candidate for the head coaching job in in 2019. Um, instead, he kind of comes to the Lakers and rehabs his image. He would have been a likely, he would have been a really obvious replacement if there was a midseason firing while he was on the bench. It's less obvious now. Uh, with David Fisdale um, and, and and Phil Handy and Mike Penberthy as the lead assistants, so it's really what what do you want to sacrifice this year in the pursuit of something uh, short term? When you know, I don't like 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 you, Dan. Uh, you know, this doesn't seem like something that is just going to um, is going to change with a new voice. What can they do at the trade deadline? Very limited, right? I mean, they have, you know, basically three tradable pieces. When you look at, um, you know, Kalen Horton Tucker, who makes $10 million, Kendrick Nunn makes $5 million. And then they have a first round pick way out in 2027 when, you know, hopefully I'm going to be on a, on a rowboat fishing for bass somewhere uh, by then. But, um, but, you know, and then, and then, yeah, okay. Maybe you got some second round picks. We know they were interested in Cam Reddish from the Hawks before he went to the Knicks and they were throwing around a couple of second rounders. They have the the minimum contracts. I mean, here's one thing the Lakers have an abundance of. It's a bunch. It's, a, it's it's minimum contracts that are totally disposable because they signed so many guys in the offseason who are not playing and are not contributing. So if they needed to get, you know, up to $5 million or $7 million on, on contracts and then throw in second round picks as sweeteners, you could trade Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan, Wayne Ellington, because those guys aren't contributing right now in the near term. But again, if we're talking about THT, Kendrick Nunn, and then that first down the road, what are you getting back that is actually going to make it um, make it worth it? Because Taylor Horton Tucker, with only a year and a half left on his contract, has more value to the Lakers than anyone else. They're the ones that you know found him, developed him, have some confidence in him, um, have the relationship. I don't know that anybody else values him as highly as the Lakers do, and especially as a $10 million a year player. So it's going to be really hard to, to find an impact player at the deadline for the Lakers. Anybody interested in Russell Westbrook? Um, you know, there's there's always a chance. Uh, you know, one thing I think we've learned in the NBA is that there's there is no such thing as an untradeable contract. <laughs> but I do think that we are getting very close to the stage where Russ is an untradeable player. Um, the contract, on top of the way he plays, the way he changes your system, the way everything becomes about Russ, and and sort of the, the diminishing returns we've seen with him as a player, I think makes him you know, really, really difficult to move. And, you know, that's kind of why a lot of people were, were so caught so off guard by the Lakers uh, making that investment in the off season, that it was um, a really big swing, but also a really big risk. And when you take that risk, 
you don't have other cards to play. You have you have expended your bank account. It's like going all in on 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 your you know on your sixteen year old's uh, lemonade stand and realizing nobody's thirsty. It just doesn't. It 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 hasn't paid off yet. And you know the Lakers don't have you know that next move. Well, okay, if that doesn't work, then how do you adjust? And they don't have that next card to play. So is anyone interested in Russell Westbrook? You know the Lakers don't have the sweeteners to come off of his contract. They don't have the, you know, the 2022 first and the 2024 first that, you know, a team might want. They don't have, you know, I mean, honestly, the Lakers best trade sweetener right now is probably Austin Reeves, who is their undrafted rookie who is playing really meaningful minutes and has become this real bright spot. You know, if I'm, if I'm a team trying to trade with the Lakers, you know, I'm not just asking for, you know, all the, all the guys who aren't playing, who I described earlier, I would also want a guy who can come in and contribute in Austin Reeves. And I, I don't know that the Lakers are going to be able to do that. Why would the Lakers leak this? If you're not going to make a change, like what, what, tell me the game that's played here of getting this information out here. You don't have to tell me who the source is obviously, but you know, they, they wanted this out there. It feels like that fair, uh, fair. I prefer to think of it as really good reporting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'm sure it is. My bad. Uh, so um, due to the great reporting, this information got out there. Why? Yeah, I think that there's a couple ways of looking at it. Obviously, um, you know, I would I would actually say that Frank Vogel has probably uh, got, gotten a boost from the fact that this information has been out there. Not just, Not to say that that is where, you know, I'm not, I'm not suggesting you sleuth that that is where the, the information is coming from, <laughs> but it, it, you know, I do think that, you know, the, the organization has taken a little bit of a hit from the fact that this has been, that this has been uh, reported in the way it's been framed that, um, that, you know, that they are looking to make a change. But I think the general reaction is like, like you said, what difference is that going to make and who's going to come in and do a better job? And so, I, I think that um, well, the team didn't even step up last night, Bill. I mean, well, and, that's what was, and that was what was so interesting because we didn't report this until after the Jazz game, and there was a lot of pressure. You know, I think there was just a sense of pressure, like a really heavy. You know, the air was really heavy in the crypt uh, on Monday night against the Jazz before the Lakers won that game. But then, um, you know, once it was reported, and then there was some follow-up reporting from other outlets, kind of on the way the front office was sort of applying pressure on Frank Vogel, you. You, I thought last night was going to be a really interesting measuring stick game to see how the how the how the locker room responded, and it looked good in the beginning. I would have argued that you know that looked like a team that was you know playing for their coach, and then it completely disintegrated down the stretch. Uh, LeBron, you know, you know, LeBron started missing shots down the stretch, wasn't getting enough support. Russ wasn't out there. Um, it seemed really disengaged. There seemed to be a lot of chippiness at the end of the game, a lot of saltiness. So. You know, and it's the timing, Dan, is really fascinating because if you were going to make a change, you would have thought it'd be last night because they're about to go on the six game road trip that is going to be brutal. I mean, they've got Orlando tomorrow night, but then after that, it's Miami, Brooklyn, Philly, Charlotte, Atlanta. Those are all teams they could lose to. So um, the timing is really tough for them. Well, it's only 830 local time. They're, you know, got- I was told, I was told last night that Frank Bull was getting on the plane today. So if as as long as nothing changed between you know midnight last night and you know whenever they're taking off for Orlando 10 a.m. or so, uh, Frank Vogel's gonna be coaching the team in Orlando. But it's interesting. I mean, he's on the hot seat, you know, as he as he loses to Indiana and now going to Orlando. You know, for Frank Vogel, I've got to think that's like the ghosts of firings past. So um, I'm sure, he's hoping to make it through just those those uh, those those bad memories. 
Is he on the plane coming back, Bill? He will be on a plane coming back. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I do think that, like, I don't want to say that that he bought time with the, the the Utah win. I mean, the Utah game was really pivotal. If there had been a, a similar result against the Jazz to what happened two nights earlier against Denver, I think I think the front office would have felt like they had no other choice. But now, not that the Utah win itself lowered the temperature, but the the fact that they they snapped the streak, they got a win against the top Western Conference team, although a team that lost to the Rockets last night and has now lost six to seven. Um, I do think that it's sort of kind of popped the balloon in a sense where the Lakers are willing to kind of ride this out a little bit, but it doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean it can't get worse. Uh, although I will say uh, I always, I always refer to the, the the great Jim Murray's quote, which was there's nothing so bad. It can't be made worse by firing the coach. Bill, thank you. We appreciate your time and uh, have fun on the road trip. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Bill Orem done a great job. Great reporting for the athletic, of course, had the uh, had the story about Frank Vogel coaching for his job. He's getting on the plane this morning. We have an exclusive getting on the plane this morning. All right. Uh, do we have the Andrew Luck impersonation by you, Paulie? This is, what is this, five years ago? Four years, five years ago? And I'd been doing it for probably six months on the show haphazardly, and yeah. we didn't think we were going to be able to book him. Yeah. So I felt pretty safe. Um, here we go. All right, now we have somebody on the staff, Paulie, my producer, who does a poor imitation of you. Are you are you game for listening to Paulie do his Andrew Luck impersonation? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, Paulie, only only if Paulie's willing. Willing. Paulie, are you okay? Because you've done this before with us, but now with Andrew here, I want to see how you are under pressure. This is a two-minute drill. Uh, glad to do it, Dan. <laughs> here on behalf of Direct TV Sunday Ticket, got my brand new AT and T flip phone. Uh, don't don't care that McAfee makes fun of it at all. Uh, I could take him. I could out tackle him. Smart mouth special teamer. Uh, uh, Frankfurt Galaxy favorite team and uh, go Cardinals. <laughs> Oh. I have that as 2016. <laughs> 2016, okay. Six years ago. Yeah, Paulie. And if I think if we had the back half of that clip, you said, what do you think of that? He goes, ah, that's okay. <laughs> Which made it way funnier. <laughs> what a good sport. Uh, we had Andrew Luck impersonating Andrew Luck <laughs> there. Ah, that's good. Stop. Last time I was on the show, no coincidence, Patrick. And I, I would always do a Lou Holtz impersonation. Usually I would do Lou Holtz singing The Killers. Uh, and, it, and it, you know, not many people do a Lou Holtz impersonation where he's singing a song by the Killers coming out of my, uh, what, what is it? Cage. Cage, and I'm doing just fine. Uh, I would do it in the hallways, and I would be singing, and uh, we had Lou Holtz in studio, and I remember saying that I did a Lou Holtz impersonation to Lou Holtz. And I went, can't hey, cry, can't punch your pants on, same way we do. And he he didn't say anything. He goes, well, first of all, I don't take the Lord's name in vain. And I went, all right, this didn't go well. This, this didn't go well. First of all. First of all, coming out of my cage and I'm doing just fine. And I got to be down because I'm one and all. Ah, it could use some work, I think. Yeah. Lux reaction was a whole lot better than Lou Holtz's was. Such a nice guy. 
Well, first of all, I like to take the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> oh. didn't, you, didn't you say to, to Skip whole time? Like, oh, I did an impression yeah, of your dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he came in studio, I think, and I go, oh, boy, not good. It sounded like it was going to be a good idea, but I don't know how many people like hearing somebody impersonate them. Because normally you're like, I don't sound like that. Well, it's almost never flattering. Yeah. They're they're taking something about you and exaggerating yeah. it and making you sound stupid. It's, it's almost never good. It's it's like when Frank Calodendo does, you know, John Gruden or John Madden, you know, then it always felt like you're making fun of that person. Yes, Paul. Caliendo told us a while back that he never knows what the athlete's going to respond. Like, he'll meet them at some type of ESPN event or some yeah. Fox event, and he'll run into, hey, there's a blank. And he sees their face like, does he know who I am? Does he know I'm the guy? Because you may not know who Frank is. He's real famous now, but back in the day, he wasn't. Yes, he It's kind of like if you're a musician and you get the call saying, hey, Weird Al wants to make a parody of your song. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Is that good or is that bad? Did you see where there's going to be a Weird Al Yankovic movie? And it, I think Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter. What year is this? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like if somebody said, you know... We need to have a movie about Weird Al Yankovic. Probably Weird Al said that. <laughs> you know, I think I want to make a movie about myself. All right, let's take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Mike check. Hey, hey, Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live, wherever you get your podcast from. Last call for phone calls. Final results of the poll question. This day in sports history. All of that. Coming up. By the way, Stetson Bennett Jr. the fourth is coming back for another season at Georgia as their quarterback. He'll be 24 years of age. <laughs> and I wonder, because I saw some of the social media fallout, and it felt like there were some fans that didn't want him to come back. Hey, you gave us a championship. You came up big in the fourth quarter, but we kind of need a big time quarterback there, a guy who's going to play in the NFL. If you're Stetson Bennett, I don't know. Maybe you don't keep the job, but you come back. Name, image, and likeness. Uh, you could be on scholarship one more year. I don't think he's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, Paul? I, I read some of that. I think people are more concerned that he's going to come back. Maybe if he thinks he's going to start, he might lose the gig <laughs> again. But he's already a Georgia legend. He comes back to help the team next year in case there's an injury. or yeah. Kind of like Jalen Hurts did when he lost his job. Yeah. Now he's not a, as much of a prospect, but... You know, he's going to get all that NIL money next year, too, Go because he goes in as a legend. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo Ball is deciding if he needs surgery or he wants to do it now. He'd be sidelined for up to uh, from four to six weeks. May need 
scope on his left knee, meniscus tear. This according to uh, Woj on the mothership. Bulls and Lonzo Bulls agent are discussing the options here. Well, you can play through it. I played through a meniscus tear when I was in high school. But, you know, obviously the game was probably a little rougher and tougher back then when I was playing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that operation chart. If you put Fritzy and me together with all of our surgeries, you know, the game of operation, you know, it'd be like, <laughs> be buzzing the whole time. I think we've got most of the body parts covered. Pretty much, pretty much. My knee and shoulder, hand, eyes. You've got the uh, upper GI, lower GI, the GI. Kidney stones. <laughs> kidney stones. All kinds of stuff. The kidney stones are the, whew, out of all my Not surgery. a good time. Kidney stones, that'll bring you to your knees. That'll bring you, that'll bring tears to your eyes if you, uh, if you have them. And it, this always happens to me. They'll go, oh, you know what? They're far down. We can't blast them. And that me, and I go, what, what's that mean? We got to wait till they pass. And I go, oh, my God. Yeah, Paul. From the people who bought you, brought you Segment Impossible, would you rather have kidney stones or get punched in the face by someone who knows how to throw a punch? Like a, like a strong dude. Um, you got to pick one. If they were wearing boxing gloves. Nope. Not the old, eh. Punch in the face by one I don't want to be disfigured. But it's over in moments. Yeah, but if they break my nose or break my jaw and I'm, you know, sipping soup out of a straw, <laughs> I mean, I might take the kidney I'm putting you stone. down for kidney stone. All right. Well, they can give you drugs. They can give you drugs. Uh, let me get a couple of phone calls in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, John in California. Hi, John. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Good morning, John. It's been quite, it's been quite some time, but I had to call in on Seton's road trip. Um, I think it'd be uh, a good thing for him to stop by Redlands on the way in on the 10 freeway. He wouldn't have to reroute or anything, but everybody seems to be luring him with his beer, but I'm going straight for his heart. I had eight different strains of California's finest cannabis. (laughs) One of them we've actually, we've manipulated the leaf into a four leaf clover and we've dubbed it O'Connor Kush. So Seton, stop on by. I'll get you high. Okay. Uh, you know what, John? Hold on. I'll have Marvin get your information. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner. Yeah. How about that? Redlands, here we come. Seton gets his own uh, <laughs> cannabis strain. I've never had a, a strain named after me. O'Connor Cush. Love it. He, yes, Paul. I thought Seton was going to leave. He, he was uh, getting ready. He's <laughs> grabbing his wallet. Yeah. It's got a little tuft of like blue hair. Why doesn't somebody come up with Frank Cush? Because that's a former coach at uh, Arizona State, I believe. Frank Cush. He also coached the uh, Colts as well. What are you smoking, Frank Cush? <laughs> Some O'Connor Cush. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, final results of the poll question. <laughs> who finishes the Ooh. season? Who finishes the season with the Lakers? Forty-four <laughs> percent think Russell Westbrook finishes the season. Yeah. Only nine percent think Frank Vogel, the coach, is still the coach. All right. Uh, let's see. George in Ohio. Hi, George. Hey, hey good morning. Hey, George. Uh, I had a suggestion for the road trip, but I don't know. I'm trying to follow that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any cannabis with me. Uh, uh, I wanted to make a case for uh, Zanesville, you know, the birthplace of Mr. Dan Patrick. Uh, uh, is that okay? No, there's there's nothing to see. You can stop in and check on my dad's grave. That would be about it. But uh, thank you, George. 
Yeah, just do a drive-by and uh, see if my dad's still there. That'd be nice. Uh, Sean in Sacramento. Hi, Sean. Yo, my, my uncle from another mother, my brother's behind the board. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing today? Great. So my suggestion, man, just like my other brother from California, Seton, there's no need to go visit the biggest ball of yarn in Texas or get an overcooked steak in Mississippi. That Bible Belt is all trouble, man. Go ahead and take the green path. Visit all the northern states, all the dispensary safe states. And I, I just want to throw out one more thing out there involving Fritzy. So my family and I, and I don't know if this is what Fritzy had. We're all getting over the coronavirus. And one thing I couldn't wait to do is send my kids back to school so the doctor said, you know, even though they may test positive for the next three months, they're safe to go back after 10 days. Is it possible we may not see Fritzy back in the studio until, what, April? That's all I got, fellas. Suck it back screen. All right. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> back screen. <laughs> Suck it back screen. Wow. Wow. Suck wow. It back screen. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Oh, uh, this day in sports, this has been a fun show today. Yeah. This has been a fun show. Uh, this day in sports history. Let's see. The most watched Super Bowl game of all time. I think that's every year. 1985, 115 million people. Niners beat the Dolphins in 85, 38-16. Joe Montana won his third MVP award. And then you mentioned this yesterday. 1968, Houston ended UCLA's 47-game 40 winning streak, 71-69 at the Astrodome. Six, uh, 54,000 fans in attendance. Yeah, and uh, Lou Alcindor had a patch over his eye. He had a uh, scratch cornea and, uh, in that game. Uh, let's see. Todd, what did you learn on today's program? Uh, I like what you said at the beginning of the show. The Lakers situation is not about negativity, LeBron. It's about accountability. Yeah, and productivity. Play like it matters. Play like you care. Yeah, Seton. Uh, my what I learned? Yeah. I was going to say uh, that Booger McFarland's uh, last sack doesn't really count. No. no. According to Grossman you. Grossman was falling down in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Big deal. Uh, Paulie, what did you learn? Chris Sims upset with us, and next time he comes in the studio. Well, yeah, he, put all your asses in a headlock. He's more upset with Jim Harbaugh. What we learned, brought to you by a leader in innovation and intelligence not yet seen from an SUV, the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all around support. DanPatrick.com. Got uh, great sales on all of our T-shirts there. We'll talk to you tomorrow on our Meet Friday. One more item as we close out this Thursday show. Simply Safe Home Security. Says it all right there in the title. It's simple to set up and it's safe. Has everything you need. It was just named the best home security system of 2021 by U.S. News & World Report. You customize your system. You can do it from your home, online in minutes, delivered right to your doorstep. You can get free custom recommendations there. No long-term contracts, no hidden fees. No pushy salespeople. It's really easy to start feeling more peace of mind in the new year. When we first met them, and it's probably been a decade ago, they came in and said, here's our product and this is what we do. And I thought, really? That's it? And then I realized there was so much more to it. Outdoor cameras, indoor cameras, comprehensive sensors. you got trained professionals there ready to send help in the instant you need it. Take 20% off your Simply Safe home security system. Your first month is free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. Visit simplysafedan.com for 20% off your entire system.